Okay, good morning, uh, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Free Association, wherever you are in the world. Uh, not quite a stream of consciousness, this one, just uh, kind of relaying a, a conversation that I've had uh, about an hour ago. Uh, I've got a friend who's ex-army. He's been retired a while, but uh, he keeps his eye on things. He used to do uh, training on chemical weapons and that sort of thing for his, for his troops. So he keeps an eye on what's going on. And he's, uh, he showed me some blog posts that he'd written in in 2014 about the potential for a situation to show up in Ukraine and about the problem of neo-Nazis in Ukraine and about how the Americans were getting involved and that, and that sort of thing. So if Morris knew in 2014 what was going on, uh, certainly the American government knew that the CIA were involved in Ukraine. That's now starting to come out. There are, there are documents available to, to prove that. So that's not a conspiracy theory. That's conspiracy fact. Um, there are neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Um, the Azov Battalion is the obvious example, but uh, which is part of the Home Guard and uh, stationed around Mariupol. But there are others as well. And they're being funded by the guy who's funding the the guy who's president, Zelensky. Can't remember his name. Korotkov or something? Kolorotkov? Something like that. Is the guy behind Zelensky and also the guy who was funding uh, the pushback against the regions that wanted to, to leave Ukraine. He's an ultra-nationalist and obviously he wants Ukraine to stay as one country. So he's funding funding neo-Nazis to fight in the Donbass. Uh, that's that's the truth of it. That's what's happening. That's that's the and he's also was a apparently a board member of Burisma, which is a gas company that uh, Hunter Biden was involved with. So the uh, the connections are are becoming clearer with this situation. So this guy, whatever his name was, uh, Kolorotkov, I think it was something like that. We'll just have a look on the on the board of Burisma and have a look for the guy who's behind uh, Zelensky, and then see what else he's funding. Don't take my word for it. I've I've heard some of this secondhand, so I haven't I haven't double checked it, but it makes sense to me that that would be something like the situation that's going on. Uh, so even if it's not the person that I've just named, it's somebody like him. It's somebody who's an oligarch who's made a lot of money, who's a a billionaire who's funding the the neo-Nazis and the neo-Nazi political parties 
Because even if the Western media tell me that they don't exist, Morris just told me that they exist. And I trust Morris to some extent. More, well, I trust him far more than I trust the BBC. So there you go. If a man in a bar can predict what's going on eight years before it happens, then the American government and the Russian government and the British government and the Ukrainian government all are capable of predicting the same thing. Yeah, so that was that conversation. The other conversation was about uh, till takings at the central station. So there's a there's about five or six coffee shops at the central station. There's one bar, uh, there's a Burger King, and about five coffee shops. And uh, I know a guy who works in one of the coffee shops. And he was saying that uh, they're not taking what they what they would normally take at this time of year. So takings are down, and uh, it's because of it's because people have been indoctrinated or brainwashed into staying in the house. So I've been told for two years that they they shouldn't go out the house because it's dangerous. So of course. That goes into people's subconscious and they stay in the house. Which means they're not spending money. Which means that the coffee shops will go out of business. The coffee shops at the central station are paying a lot of money in, I'm guessing, are paying a lot of money in rates, in business rates. And uh, they would need takings to cover that, uh, which they're not getting at the moment. So I would expect at least one or two of those coffee shops to be out of business shortly. Now a couple of them are chains, so the chains will, will probably stay around, but the independent coffee shops probably won't stay around. They won't have the reserves to be able to cover a bad six months or whatever. Anyway, so... Again, the economy is fragile. The economy in the UK is fragile. I know this from bitter experience. Bitter, bitter experience. Um, it was around about two, 2001. I was involved with a, a furniture shop in the West End of London. Well, in Islington, really. Exmouth Market, which is, which is WC... But it's not central London. It's it's the outside of central London. Between the West End and the city, basically. So the nearest the nearest underground was probably would count as Farringdon or Islington. Or Holborn. Holborn was reasonably close as well. So I lost a lot of money as a result of nine eleven because the, the furniture market was destroyed basically destroyed by 9-11 confidence confidence is a fragile thing I found this out to my cost and I lost my shirt as a result of it so um, a war is going to produce uh, a certain amount of reduction in the level of confidence that people have in Spending money. 
which means that everybody pulls in their belts. When we all we know that the cost of living is going up, we know that gas and electric are going to cost more, that food is costing more. Uh, the bars have started putting up their beer prices. Everything, everything, the cost of living is going up, and confidence is going down, which means that we're we're going to start heading into a a decline declining spiral. So we've got inflation at about 7% at the moment. But there's not very much demand. So the reduction in, in demand might pull inflation down a little bit. But it will also shake out anybody who's independent, who's running an independent business. And uh, we'll end up with more franchises, more chain stores. And less independent businesses. Partly as a result of the war in Ukraine. Obviously there's been a couple of years of brainwashing going on as well. So I'm now working out what to do with the rest of my afternoon. The sun has just come out. So I'm going to have a walk up in the general direction of uh, Leesers Park I think. Spend some time in Leesers Park for an hour or so. Then wander back. Uh, I might do another recording in Leesers Park just because I can, and because it's it, I'm in that kind of mood. And now that I'm doing 10-minute recordings on on my smartphone, I can do them from anywhere, which means that uh, I can I can record something on my lunch hour when I'm when I'm doing this job next week. So if I record 10 minutes before I go in. 10 minutes at lunchtime and 10 minutes when I leave that's half an hour of half an hour of content a day it might get repetitive but it's definitely half an hour of content a day and there's nobody doing podcasts who isn't repetitive so I'm not going to apologize for that that's the way I think things work you've got to you've got to repeat what you said previously to get to the next thing really and that's how that's how the uh, the the system in my head works at least all right that's enough from me thanks for your time i appreciate your support cheers now bye-bye